0: Welcome back ladies and gentlemen to the tough crowd takeover of the Rage of Sigmar podcast productions features Party at the All Points episode 17 the Honest War Gamer. <laughs> I as always am your co-vice president as elected by myself Jacob E for nobody Barry and with me we've got a very special guest for, for today's show. We've got Uh, Rob Symes, all the way from England. Rob, thanks for coming on. How are you?
1: Thanks, long-time listener, uh, first-time streamer. Uh, Very excited to be here. Thanks for having me on.
0: I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you're lying about being a long-time watcher. I don't think you've (laughs) ever watched this
1: show. I've never watched this show. That's (laughs) correct. Damn fucking
0: (laughs) right. I I know my listener base. Um, So uh, just to sort of preview a little bit, we're going to talk about, um, we're going to do a little recap. So Rob is hot. Uh, really hot in the meta right now. He's coming off a 4-1 win at a tournament two weeks ago, and then last week he went undefeated <laughs> at Summer Slaughter. The same. I was
1: undefeated, like, that's correct, I thank you, yeah, like, thank you for bringing that up.
0: Real real fact news, um, unlike Matt the intern's liver, who went 0-1 <laughs> against alcohol, <laughs> let me just say.
1: Friday night was an 0-1 situation, that's correct, yeah. It
0: was, it was tough, it was tough in the tough crowd. Um, oh. So, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about your tournament win. We're gonna talk about your time uh, in Pennsylvania, uh, which spoiler alert. I'm sorry. Uh, and then at the end, maybe we'll have time for some uh, some rapid fire listener questions and get to know you a little bit. Um, but you know, for those who don't know you, Rob, uh, tell us about how you got into the hobby. And and you know, is it the same ass story that everyone tells? Because I don't think you went to uni, so you can't really use that excuse for when you stopped playing for a little bit. <sighs>
1: Okay, no. Uh, thank you, Jacob, for, for doing this interview for me so that I don't have to just talk about my experiences summer slaughter and instead uh, we have a funny guide through. Uh, I got into Warhammer because I live in Nottingham and my friends were like, do you want to go over to this Warhammer world place? And I was like, sounds fun. Let's go. And we went over and I was like, this is this is weird and cool. Uh, and then that was how it was born. There we go. That's the start.
0: And then, and then you tried the food at Bugman's and you're like, never again. I'm vegetarian now. <laughs>
1: Never, like imagine, imagine living in the city centre most of your adult life with any any not high end restaurant but chain restaurants and maybe the occasional independent restaurant available to you. Then you get to Bugmans right. and you don't have a spoons, but imagine not not Wawa, obviously sheets. It's more of a sheets right. sort of dining experience as opposed course, to a Wawa.
0: Yeah, I don't know what either of those words mean, but it sounds like you're a toddler trying to say water for the first time. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> All right, so you got into Warhammer uh playing in the local scene because you happen to live at the epicenter of this nerddom. <laughs>
1: um
0: how long have you been playing, what armies do you play? Give us a give us a little background on who you are for the I folks think, at home who don't know you.
1: I think 4 to uh maybe 8 years only. Um oh. uh, yeah, like maybe it might be 9. Um but I didn't get into Warhammer until like I was way past 30, so like 31 maybe? I, I can't remember. Uh, maybe maybe actually a little bit younger. Um and uh uh and then what armies do I play? Uh Zinch it seems a lot of the minute. I actually consider myself to be a Sylvaneth and Seraphon player, but um
0: <laughs> uh, You're a narrative eels player? No no
1: no 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 <laughs> <I've> <laughs> no i no, I no. always liked Wind Spirit. If you look
0: if you look in my past, I've always been playing Wingspan. I'd actually
1: like to call myself the OG Silver Death player, of course, because I reviewed the very first battle Tone they ever did for them. But um, and I was playing them previous to that. But the um, the uh, but I'm I'm in a kind of flux state with some of the armies, specifically because I painted many of them uh, pre-lockdown or even during lockdown. And then um, I have this kind of major problem that whenever I uh, paint an army, I go, "Oh, I've made." And then Nathan's like, "Do you want to play a game?" And I'm always like, "This is." This is an absolutely, this is terrible to play against. Like every time, like I realize once it's done and then Nathan's like, yeah, hello, do you want to play a game? And I'm like, yeah. And I look at my army, I'm like, but not with this. This is awful. I would
0: like you to like me.
1: (laughs) I think we're friends. I'd like you to. So um, I generally tend to jump about. I've got loads of really exciting lists. I think that's one of those um, uh, things about me, which is probably true for a lot of people and maybe the reason I got into content production generally anyway, um, is there are so many armies I would like to play. Like there was a Rock Coven list that did really well this weekend. There's a super fun OBR list. I was talking about this just literally yesterday. I was ringing people being like, I want to.
0: Hold on. I heard from an internet source that you shouldn't play OBR in 3.0 because you don't get to play with the rules.
1: That's true. It's true. But I don't want to play with the rules. I want to make everyone run away, like, right, right. and I can do that. So the, uh, so my answer is, is that I, would like to think I could play anything. But like, time and experience has taught me that actually producing armies on the tabletop is actually the most challenging thing. So, um, but well, I'm a huge
0: hashtag yeah. tough crowd. I, hashtag I've, production. I've I've now coined that term. Uh,
1: oh, you're gonna you know, sell it on a T-shirt because that's we what you have
0: do. T-shirts out before Jordan does. <laughs> they, i will need in production on that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you will. You will. Um, the uh, but I would probably mainly consider myself a Chaos Dwarf player. I guess is the kind of like is where I ended up is my is my home. Uh, but obviously, right now they're not currently in production. I'm sure that's to change soon.
0: Are being produced in the production meta, obviously. Yes, of course. Um, so, you know, I, a while back there was a there was a workbook that came out that helped players sort of self-identify themselves as players. Would you have you read it? Do you know? Do you know about? what I'm talking about I'm
1: actually very interestingly making a video series back on that once I'm back from Canada um, well, I
0: don't know what the schedule's like but we'll work on it um, and so how would you describe yourself playstyle wise would you say you're more of a counterplay an alpha striker a combo wombo bambino
1: you did do your homework Jesus uh, it, uh, uh, Jacob is referencing obviously the workbook that I wrote to try and help uh, new players which actually even recently I quoted back to myself during one of the streams uh, because actually describing tempo on the tabletop are one of the most challenging things as a live streamer I still don't understand how to do. Like, when, when there's a game occurring, I'm like, I don't know exactly how to express this out to an audience but there is like a tempo like gamers at a certain level really understand what's occurring but actually reducing that down to something that's palatable to an audience is is, is a real struggle Uh, but me myself um, uh, I would and I uh, would describe myself as uh, Jim Carrey in the film me myself and Irene I would would think I'm a castle player traditionally um, but I actually last weekend when I played Warhammer um, at an event uh, I actually tried to push myself and play more like Nathan. Nathan's a great um, MSU player which I've never been good at.
0: Did you say you were playing to win and setting traps as opposed to playing not to lose?
1: This is a really exciting thing you brought up to me years ago and I love this. I don't think I've ever yeah, talked about we were it on stream.
0: Him. I think we were talking about relationships.
1: Yeah, I think we were, maybe. <laughs> but, but I still think it works just as, just as well. Can you remind everyone what it was you told me about? Because they don't know actually.
0: Right, so there's, there's people who play responsive games and they, they play thinking about not losing the game and there's people who play aggressively and play uh setting traps and taking the initiative uh no no bad pun intended there usually they are but this time it wasn't um and and playing to win is is forcing your opponent to make mistakes giving your opponent bad choices or a series of bad choices and then when they take that one you have a plan ready to go for how to how to capitalize uh and in relationships you obviously want to Set your partner up in it. Um, I actually have a, a, a relationship book coming out soon. It's called How to Win at Therapy.
1: I would like to listen to how to win at therapy. Yeah, I, I think playing to win is uh, is always something I do, even in games where like it looks like I'm going to lose. Some people, like, and I see this a lot on the tabletop. I see a lot of uh, when I when I do coverage of games, I'll see a lot of people um, t- playing to win, and that being a huge mistake on their part, like traditionally. Um, but actually, uh, if you can play to win in the right way, then then it makes it makes a lot of sense. It's much better than playing not to lose. That's so dull. What a well, dull we, way to we play. We talked
0: about this a little bit. There's like, there's like your Sean Clark and your your Bill Sousa's who don't play. They never make mistakes. They do everything right by the book, but they're not going out and 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 finding opportunities to win. They're playing the perfect game, right? And then you have people like Anthony Trentinelli, or it's like it's almost like a, a bomb cloud situation where they're they're going out and they're they're playing jazz as opposed to classical music, right? They're they're going out and they're finding ways to to put. Their opponent in a situation they don't know how to respond to. Yeah, I think I think
1: the only game that I've I've been able, lucky enough to be able to catch Bill playing four was obviously on. Oh no, I watched him play two games on stream actually. Uh when he plays Sean at uh, slaughter because obviously that's one of the, the things we're going to talk about. Um, he uh, they both had like a very like. Uh, trad play style in that way, where it was like hyper defensive um, and, and like you know didn't allow the opponent. But I think that's maybe the matchup uh, in of themselves, and also the armies they built. Fire says don't really like have an, any opportunity to play beyond that scope. Uh, and similarly, I think that's also true of, of Sean's list, especially because of the big block of protectors. So like it really like playing to win or uh, pl- or playing not to lose really comes down to already how you build your army list, right? Like there's lots of people. Oh, who- it's a
0: mindset. It's it's like Darren talks about when you walk up to the table feeling like you already won or like you console your opponent on the loss that they just received by pairing into you yes. that's a play-to-win mentality as opposed to playing your opponents like playing the person across from you is playing to win playing the list across from you is playing not to lose
1: uh, i think uh, i think maybe there's there's a little bit of both in there i think it's a, like no, there's, there's
0: a no nuance this conversation <laughs> it's a it's a net sum game <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, but chaos dwarf player, I think he's the answer. And castle build. Uh, but I'm trying very hard to play uh, play a different uh, play style, which is actually really challenging. I oftentimes, especially having covered people a lot here in the UK, will see the same players play the same sort of way over the course. A, a good a good example of that be uh, the wonderful, lovely Mr. Matt Goldsborough. He initially uh, came to the fore playing a very uh, very traditional Techlian castle build for Luminar Throne Lords, uh, and now is playing a very very castle um, uh, moving blob of Nighthaunt, yeah. which I think is interesting. The only okay. time I really saw him break out of that is when he was playing. Well, it's kind of the same when he when he played the, the kangaroos <laughs> from that he, he he ran out of his castle and then ran back to his castle. Um, uh, so like, yeah, Yeet but,
0: and Retreat. The original Yeet, yeet and, ret- and Retreat.
1: Yeah, the Yeet and the Retreat. So some people just play uh, play differently, and I find that's really exciting, even when they match on the tabletop. Because I reckon you could give the same army to two or three different playstyle players and they would play it very differently, and, and and those results on the tabletop would be very interesting, I actually think.
0: Completely, completely agree. Man, uh, you really didn't tell me at all that my video is just awful.
1: It looks <laughs> oh great. You look great. Don't oh, worry okay. about it.
0: Okay. Well, uh, we just got to commercial on, on Twitch, so I think we're okay. Uh, real quick, a couple shout-outs for uh, our podcast listeners, because this is exactly how the best podcasting goes. Thanks to Halolex for subscribing. Thank you for Harry266 for subscribing. And, uh... Nobody else is subscribed. We're close to a hype train though, so if you guys want to get Daddy some new underwear, let's hit it. Um, Alright, so uh, enough about you. Let's talk about me a little bit. Uh, let's my do name it. Is Jacob Barry. No, uh, that's it. Um, real quick though, there were a couple questions in the chat about Tough Crowd, and I want to tell that story before people get it twisted and think that I think super highly of myself. Because I do. Mm-hmm. Um, Tough Crowd actually came about from an inside joke with a good friend of the show, Bud Kaler. We were playing a role-playing game where he uh, his goal was to make everyone laugh, and he bombed really poorly. And obviously, when people bomb, the response is, well, tough crowd. Uh, So that became our our team name, because uh, we are not funny, but we think we are, and we always have something to say about it. (laughs) All right. i like
1: uh, that no. i really like that story because it's great it's, Everyone, it's everyone's funny. like oh you're tough crowd you're big you're strong like no we, we're we just trying to make jokes and no, i don't think just not funny yeah. <laughs> yeah no one's laughing at us and we're sad no, yeah
0: no. Uh, <laughs> bad jokes and merch that's all we do and win apparently yes um all right so enough about me let's go back to the reason we're here uh, erectile dysfunction. It affects one in five men and it's it's plaguing our country. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it doesn't your country.
1: Me. Yes, maybe. No.
0: <laughs> uh, it doesn't plague me. Uh, but premature ejaculation is a different story. All right, so uh, Rob, you... Um, I'm actually going to not do the thing I was going to pretend to. I'm not going to ask you about your tournament unless you want to talk high level about your game. But I think you talked about it on the show last week that I didn't listen to. Is that right?
1: I don't think I talked about it at all. But like... Oh, well, I do think...
0: So you uh, you went, to, you went to Slaughter. Yes. No. Bash? No, what Clash. was the tournament that you went to? Clash. There it is. I knew there was something violent about it. All right, so you went and you played some Zinch. Have you talked through your list yet, or do you want to talk about that right now?
1: Uh, I'll quickly say it had a a Purple Sun, Kairos... Three Thrams, three screamers, and some skyfires. Uh, a changecaster and a Curseling. had a fun time. Clash was, it was great. Caster. It was nice being. It was nice being out there in the wild. Um, you sometimes when I when I create so much content, I sometimes get a little bit um, uh, like self-conscious and also worry that actually maybe I don't have the uh, uh, the tactics to back up my like my thoughts. Um, but it was nice being able to go to an event and at least prove to myself. One of the most stressful things as a content creator, um, and I'm I'm sure you're aware of this as well, um, is actually that you sometimes feel like you have to perform well at an event. I bet there's a bunch of content creators that feel quite... Concerned about um, how they talk about games, especially when they then showcase some games Maybe even when they tweet pictures of the the board state of their game at a certain point Um, uh, Like you feel self-conscious about and you feel like you've got to do well necessarily But I I tried years ago to remove that from myself take that out of my uh, my thought process so sure I'd went for one but importantly I had Five really great games. One of the games was quite unfortunate because the player I played, um, absolutely lovely, he was playing Sylvaneth and we played in the battle plan where he wasn't able to teleport and his entire army mm-hmm. was orientated around yeah. teleporting. And so actually I would love to, I, 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 we talked at the event and I would like him to come up to the arena for us to like have a rematch um, just so we can like, just see how that game goes on a different battle plan. Because I think that was a real challenge for me. Um, uh, like, so I, I, I got super lucky in a draw and I don't want to pretend like I didn't. Um, Well, honestly,
0: in most tournaments, there's an aspect of luck that goes into actually hitting that 5-0 that comes from a draw. And I don't think he'll mind me saying this. Uh, Good friend of the show, tough crowd, uh, like leader of the charge. He's our Lancelot. He's our attractive, stocky, beautiful, Rami malik looking Lancelot. It's Anthony Trentinelli. He got a really advantageous draw at Slaughter. He didn't face Iron Jaws. He didn't face KO. He didn't face these armies that would just absolutely table him. Uh, And he went 5-0 because he outplayed the he played the way he was supposed to into matchups that were either neutral or good, Mm. right? He never hit the ones that are just like, I can't fucking, I can't beat nine Storm Fiends, right? Like his army wouldn't survive two turns.
1: No, no, they really wouldn't. And and that's what's interesting about matchups, about reading into it, because sure, we've got the stats now by Ziggy and Rob and they're incredible stuff. Uh, It really is. But there's there's a lot more nuance uh, out there. And I really feel like it requires like some level of like competent high level play to be able to interpret that um, so sure and I also watched a lot of games right like a lot like I watched I, like someone may have played five games last weekend but I watched I watched ten so like you know like and then when we do four games a weekend then I'm watching I'm watching 20 so like, how, like many there's... Hours,
0: how many hours of Warhammer do you think you've watched at this point like give me an average estimate don't overestimate don't be super conservative like how many hours of Warhammer do you think you've watched and covered at this point
1: Okay, so like it's like fifteen in a weekend, roughly. Um, one year, and, I did...
0: but usually, usually there's more than one game at that going on at that time, right?
1: Yeah, like normally, um, so because like that in that case, if like you are doing it on so a, on a,
0: average, you're watching. We could say thirty hours of of, of Warhammer in fifteen yeah, hours of watching and commentating. Yeah, on and
1: average. The, on average, and that's not without like list review before, list review after sure. stat show, and like sure. and then and then I don't know, like one the year before COVID, I did I did. Twenty-one events, um,
0: okay, so
1: it's like three hundred to six hundred hours. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks, Rob. In the chat, said Wells was fifty-six games um, that we did coverage for, and obviously you don't pick up on the detail and the minutia. There's a really great Silverthorne player old book that was doing some really good stuff. Um, but yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, enough a to pick a, a lot. Enough to pick up nuance, especially when you like uh, when I'm doing like let's say commentary with Adam again. So me and Adam like are looking for the same things because we've like got into a flow. Or when you're doing coverage with someone new, like Tom Guan, who I did it with last weekend. Uh, he picks up. He picks up on stuff that like he picks up on stuff in a much more subtle way, which I think is very interesting. Like he's looking for he's looking for like um, he's not necessarily looking for outs. He's looking for like interactions, which I found quite mm-hmm. fascinating. Yeah,
0: I wish I had more time to talk with him. He just came up and stole my bread from lunch, <laughs> and then went and cut in the line ahead of the people I was standing with. Uh, he's a he's an interesting he's an interesting fella. Uh,
1: <laughs> I don't know. I still don't know what to make of him, but I think he likes me, and I think that that's all that matters. There's yeah, French the only th- thing that matters. Yeah, there's a there's a French king famously uh, who there's a book called the 24 laws of power or 48 laws of power whatever it is. There's a French Another king who, uh, there's a French king who interestingly never gave a decision in person. He would listen to like his advice. like one advisor would be like we should build this river like this uh, canal here and the other one would be like no we shouldn't we should do this other thing. And then he would walk away and then he would only give the decision through in- someone else so you never knew how he felt about what he was deciding on which i found pretty interesting but anyway
0: pretty manipulative
1: i think it's just it's just being conscious of like uh, your on-table presence are people are fascinating because they should at the highest level all be like tactical experts roughly like they should understand gamesmanship
0: that's like but like you think about the difference between european and southern american football right like european is like very crisp very clean very clinical and south america is known for being like super passionate and like a love for the game and excitement and fiery which is has its own stereotypes and problems in it but is also like sort of indicative of of the way the the cultures have developed in their own little their little spheres and i don't think that there's i think that that translates to the table as well you can have clinical intelligent thoughtful players and you can have people who are like. I'm going to find out how to make you tilt. I'm going to figure out what unit you care most about strategically. I'm going to nuke it with my Maul Crusher and see how you respond emotionally to no longer having the thing that your whole army works around.
1: That's interesting. That's interesting, yeah. Which what is, I
0: again, hate. playing the list versus playing the player.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love aggro players. They're my favorite players in the world, as a castle player. Like, aggro yeah, players sure. are like, I'm right. going to charge that's you, that's you that's and that's I'm that's like... They, pl- they Please fucking charge me! Like I'm yeah, so right. ready. <laughs> Hi, I've
0: put the screen here for you to charge. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to start by charging that screen. Gotcha!
1: gotcha. <laughs> I, might, I, might, I might get little flags and paint them on like ten-pound screens. And just be like, "Please charge me." Let's just just write that on.
0: Bet you won't charge me. <laughs>
1: yeah, bet you won't. Pay. <laughs> just put five pounds on the table. Bet you won't charge that screen. That's five pounds. Yeah. <laughs> love that idea. I think.
0: That's pretty great idea um that's so funny so, um, so you went 4-1 you had great games uh yeah, it was you good. won some stuff on matchup and some stuff on scenario um let's talk about last weekend so why don't you give me the the like high level overview of chronologically where it started where you went what you did and when you got home
1: okay so uh Who's i start
0: the court, the Jax, which one laguardia all right go on <laughs> laguardia De also, barely know quick, a quick uh, to, uh Dare pig in the chat for subscribing okay perfect
1: <laughs> it goes. uh yeah so whenever i go to an event i have to pack up and pack up has to be like very very specific uh, i don't as of yet have the money for like an awake kit if that makes sense. So the the stuff that we have at the venue has to get packed away. Um, And then I have to think about other stuff. Obviously, power is one of those really important ones because, obviously, if I'm traveling to another country, it's some other stuff. So pack-up can take, like, several hours, uh, specifically, especially depending on what I'm covering. Obviously, for Worlds, pack-up took most of a day because I had to be very specific and make sure everything was packed up well. Um, So packed up and then uh, got a train down to... Uh, london to meet owen so wednesday was just traveling packing and traveling uh and then i arrived Guys and i did to... pardon me
0: as fly to heathrow uh
1: we flew out of no gatwick because but we didn't fly that day we flew the next day also i did a bunch of graphic stuff as well like something else that again do you remember on the sunday night when i kept pointing out stuff that the overlay did yeah and i was like That took £2,000 to make that happen. Everyone's like, don't give a fuck, Rob. Like, don't care at all. (laughs) But it doesn't matter. Right, okay. Um, So, yeah, made a bunch of graphics, made like a summer slaughter intro and some other stuff as well, which I thought was quite cool. Anyway, uh, travelled down, met Owen at Owen's house, which is nice. Owen put us up for that night because he was also... Pardon me? The
0: first time you'd met him? First time I I met
1: him. him. Never met him in person before. Great guy. Great guy. Great guy. So then we travelled to... um, uh then we stayed at owens for a couple of hours uh we just chatted about all sorts of stuff Uh, it's at this point this is the story uh this isn't high level sorry
0: uh, it's a bromance father
1: yes it's at this point that like Matt was wondering, so I, I travel with Matt, so intern Matt Matt Farnsworth, the meme. If anyone's met met Matt, uh, who's my table boss, he's the person who wants to who who wants to be involved in Warhammer, but wants no one to talk to him or be involved in Warhammer. It's a it's a very odd relationship, but uh, it's one I appreciate a lot. He, um, yeah, like I'm just like Matt, that incredible thing. He's like I don't care. I'm like okay, Matt, thanks. It but, but does a great job. Um, yeah. Then, uh, so, it's this point, Matt starts walking around Owen's house, like, oh, is this by this artist? And then Matt's like, and Owen was like, yeah, he's like, oh, I like this. And then Owen's like, I'm going to put this song on. He's like, oh, do you like this other song she did? And I was just like, these two fucking nerds. Like, what the fuck are they talking about? Like, I didn't have a, like, I didn't have a clue. Yeah, get away from yeah, I didn't have a clue. So, at this point, I was like, these two are weirdly similar. Weirdly similar. But I know that they've both rubbed. Uh, there's been a lot of friction between the both previously, because Matt's always table bossing. And he's like, hey, Owen, uh, what's the score? And then Owen's like, not now, Matt. I don't need you right now, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> and then Matt's like, you salty bitch. And away it. <laughs> so uh, I knew there was some friction. Anyway, that was nice. Then we flew to Gatwick. Uh, no, we sorry, we went to Gatwick, which is like an hour trip from where uh, Owen is. Um, uh, and then we flew and then we got to Gatwick, uh, and then there was some, uh, and then our flight wasn't leaving for like, I don't know, five hours or something cause it was leaving very early. So, uh, we basically just crashed in uh, a cafe for a bit. There were some there were some issues at check-in which we won't discuss obviously for legal reasons today. Uh, I did and then,
0: I asked ask for the high-level overview, and you've now told me on a minute-by-minute basis what you guys did. Okay, so, sorry. Okay. Interview. So, what did you order at the cafe?
1: <laughs> okay, I'll be really quick. Okay, so we went to uh, we got to the airport. We travelled for eight hours. We landed in JFK, and then we got the uh, oh, okay. taxi over. Pardon me. Yep.
0: Not LaGuardia at JFK.
1: Not LaGuardia, JFK. Yeah. Then we went over to Noah's house. Uh, Noah put us up. Was super lovely. Noah Noah himself gave us a tour. Then Noah and his partner uh, took us for food. It was lovely. Then in the morning, uh, we
0: jealous you got to the machine. I've oh. like, I've interacted with Noah's partner a bunch, and I just have never gotten the chance to to spend time with her. She's and hilarious. It, it makes is...
1: sense though, right? Because Noah's really funny, but like <laughs> they were a wombo in his own co-
0: weird ass way. He is. He's, he's something. Yeah, they I'm were, so glad you finally got to meet him.
1: Yeah, they were like a... Well, he ca- he's came over recently, didn't he, for Top I 16 Worlds? <laughs> You're
0: the reason we know him, because you met him when he was out for, like, bloodshed or something.
1: He's a great guy. He's a great guy. The, uh, the yeah, bit that... That's... They are such a power couple. Like, they must be devastating at parties. Do you know what I mean? They're like, yeah. the party couple have turned up. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, so good. Uh, and then, what else happened? Then then travel to... God,
0: he's you got heat stroke walking around New York, and you chafed your balls off.
1: I was a tad salty, but I did manage to get a pizza, and I didn't talk about that much. But I got a pizza pie. I got a pizza pie. A trad pizza pie, um, which was good. No slices. This place did not serve slices. No fucking slices. Um, yeah, and then we got pizza. Pe- How was the pie? Pummy. How was the pie? If I'm honest, fine. Ooh. Like, okay. Okay. Like, it's like a pizza. Like... I mean, pizzas are good. What's what's not to like? Pizza's so good that they can change time and thoughts is what they can do. Uh,
0: You know, pizza's a flat circle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I want a pizza this time. And then um, uh, so yeah, then we so we what we walked around a little New York a little bit, but then in the morning, uh Noah drove us to Pennsylvania where we got to uh the venue and then obviously I got to meet up with you. So that that wasn't minute by minute. I apologize, but that's roughly no, the the timeline.
0: What did you have for breakfast that morning? We
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> Move on, move on. But that's when we turned up at uh, St. George. No, it wasn't St. Saint George's. St. Saint yeah, G- George. George's. It wasn't St. George. It was St. Saint... Oh, damn it. I kept introducing it as the place as Mike. well. Yeah, uh, we went to the place anyway, uh, the yeah. venue, uh, which was an Italian. Now, this this is maybe where you can help me out. So for people non-US based, this was like a, like a lodge hall slash social we... center. Saint St. Gabriel's, thank you.
0: Yeah, there we go, St. Gabriel's. Good job, Mike vaginos um yeah so there's uh, all across the country we have these like social club lodges and a lot of them are, are focused around um around service there's like there's like the lions club and there's um there's circle k and there's 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 a bunch of like the key club there's a there's a million of these uh and i i think this is one of the more social club little maybe less um maybe less service-oriented, but there's like Scottish Rite, there's like a million of them, but they just have these halls around the country, and uh, presumably they're, they're planning a heresy of some sort.
1: Yes. <laughs> get it? Get it? Lodges, Rob? You get it? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Also, it makes me feel like, because obviously, 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 obviously one thing. of the greatest US sitcoms of all time is, of course, um, that 70s show.
0: Oh, sure. And. It's in his basement.
1: And the dad, no, but the dad in that is part of like a lodge.
0: I'm sure. He's like a mason or something.
1: Yeah, right. Or like an elk or... Cause there's oh, all... elk.
0: Don't do that because it, that just gives me flashbacks of Eddie and it makes me want to cry.
1: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> if I If I only could,
0: I'd make a deal with God. Oh, really? It. Uh, <laughs> keep running up that hill.
1: Yeah, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, but there's yeah a lot of lodges. So this was a lodge and then... The bit that, like, so we got in and it was it's a fairly fine establishment. I was like, okay, like, the US, like, for an English person, the US is always, like, a really weird place because your buildings are so incredibly huge uh, versus, versus places in the UK. Uh, even this place was, like, very comfortably fit many people inside of it. But the bit that was great is I got there um, and we hadn't necessarily resolved the internet, which at points was being resolved by members of NASA. And I don't mean that... Like, (laughs) haha. I mean, actually we got like we've got someone from NASA in the chat now, Rob to help. And I'm like, I just need an Ethernet port, gents. That's what I need. Uh, then I got to meet Bob Bill. Bill, who ran the venue. This is one of my favourite things to do when I travel, is get really connected with the venue owner or slash venue manager. Like, I want to get weirdly close to them. Like, they're like, like, as in they're my person I'm there to see. I'm like, nice to see you, Bill. How's things? And he's like, who the fuck are you? Like, why are you talking? I'm like, Bill, what's going on with Comcast? Yeah, and he's like, I was like, who's "Who's got the account, Bill? Like, when did we change it over? And he's like, who are you? Fuck off. Love, Bill. Bill was great. I kept saying hello to Bill on the Saturday and Sunday. Every time I said hello to him, it was like he'd never met me. He was like
0: you never <laughs> ever seen me before, <laughs> never met me. Uh, never met so me. there's a funny thing. There's a there's a funny thing in um, in Texas where instead of saying like "Hey, nice to meet you," they'll say "Good to see you," and it's it throws me off so much. I'm like "Hey, nice to meet you." Like "Good to see you." I'm like, I've never met you. Am I forgetting your face? <laughs> oh fuck.
1: <laughs> I, don't not, know. I just want to pick Bill up as a podcaster, that's all I want Bill to, uh, Bill, if yeah. you're out there of St. Gabriel's Church, Hello. you're a real one. Okay? You're a real one. That's what I need you to know. I'd fight in a, a in a Denny's parking lot for you if that's right the thing. Um uh. <laughs> uh, Walmart
0: parking lot. Yeah, good enough. Good enough. Mm. Um Oh Hex Next, thanks for subscribing with Prime. Uh fuck you Bezos, we'll take your money. Uh great. So you you streamed Five games of Warhammer, except it was actually 10 games of Warhammer, but it was actually 11 or 12 because there was the Friday night where we, um, where we, we did the, the charity stream and uh, the belt match, which was a lot of fun. We raised, what was it? In the end, we raised two or $3,000 for,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. for,
0: for someone's medical care because we don't have medicine here in
1: the U.S. Nope.
0: <laughs> medicine doesn't exist. Um, and, yeah, so that was, uh, and then, obviously, Monday morning drove back to new york hung out for a while got delayed because of weather and then came home
1: yes came home so like i think all in all it was it took me from wednesday morning until tuesday afternoon was the size of the gotcha. trip uh, so gotcha. it was it was fairly prodigious
0: well did you see how quickly i did friday saturday sunday and monday compared to your 17 hour recap of getting to the airport
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, I, I didn't do well at that. Sorry. Right.
0: Okay, uh, I'll just have to do some editing when we when we put this up on our stream. Done. Uh, but that's fine. This is fun. I'm having a great time. I hope you are too. Sorry. Um, all right. So I'm gonna now interview you about your time at Summer Slaughter. Okay. Because uh, it's better than you just talking about it. It is. Uh, and you're funny. Yeah.
1: Well, I think look, I think
0: looks on, looks on everything. So I I can I can I can really do what I can. Um, so <laughs> you shouldn't you shouldn't laugh but I'm going to just move right along. Uh, all right, so you've covered, obviously, a bajillion, and that's the the, the precise number, a bajillion tournaments at this point. Correct. Um, for listeners at home who didn't catch the stream and who weren't at Slaughter, um, what, was, what was familiar and normal about this versus what was sort of different about the way this was run or ended up going for you guys?
1: Um, familiar and normal was
0: you say warhammer i swear i'm just gonna fucking quit
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean the people like which is a sidestep to the same although actually not true i would actually say obviously I, i've done a lot in the uk recently um and then i did worlds um uh, and worlds was kind of its own beast in of itself as well i didn't get much time to interact with a bunch of people and mainly was interacting with the crew who were all wicked um shout out to the crew who did worlds with me uh they but be- Pummy Wicked Dicey, right? Yeah, yeah, Wicked Dicey, that's who was there. They were helping me, thank you. Uh, but, um, but yeah, it's one of the first times, I, it's like the first time in a while I've obviously been overseas and I'd forgotten uh, just how wicked the American community was. That said, that said, last time I was also out there, I was like a Adepticon um, and I felt that that was quite sombre uh, as an event, or I didn't really get much of a vibe, although I did get to hang out with you and Joe, obviously, which I thought was cool. Um, like, But generally as the event, this event was a lot more like upbeat, uh, as were the people, which is very different to like a, an English event generally. Um, uh, they tend to be a little bit... Bobo's always struck, struck me as something that's a bit more lively and a bit more punchy. Um, but English people generally a bit more reserved. American people generally bit more loud uh, and i found that quite engaging personally although headache inducing at points um, oh
0: sure sure mm. um and uh and stuff that was anything- different yeah, uh, yeah. So, i
1: mean there was there was normal issues the tech didn't work sometimes there was no internet which is a classic um right. which, is, uh, which is which is which is which genuinely was quite frustrating because as a storyteller you're trying to tell a story on the tabletop of something that's happening you see the internet's broken you're like well i now know that the person listening is going to miss sections of, of context and stuff, and it feels odd and weird. But anyway, that's the side note. Um, stuff that was different, uh, wow, the prizes, man. Like, the prize support was crazy. Do you like, guys
0: not normally have a, a wooden spoon award that's a $200 glass bong?
1: Bro, normally it's like, you win an award, you're like, oh, you won this 200-person event, here's your certificate. Like, <laughs> like I printed it this morning yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> like the flag pr- has
0: my shopping list on it
1: the prize support was fucking insane like I'm sure the Basement gamers didn't play much for the venue because it's in the church, family, whatever mafioso for life um, but like the uh, but the, but they they clearly spent big on, on on the awards, which I thought was super cool. Um, uh, and 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 I felt like I don't know weirdly uncomfortable about it. Like um, who was it? Uh, like uh, what's his face he was walking away with like uh, best overall, and he had like a mountain of miniatures. Yeah, yeah? and I was just like uh, Caleb. Caleb. Caleb, yeah, Caleb him. Waters, yeah. A
0: huge of but I think there were easily three or four people who walked away with easily 1,500 to 2,500 points of models.
1: Yeah, like it was, it was, it was nuts. And I've seen Marcella, uh, who I know is in tough crowd as well, like several times. Be like, I want to one day today. Here's my eighteen hundred dollars worth of miniatures. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Um, <laughs> the pile of
0: models is taller than you are.
1: <laughs> right, which is super weird as well, because some of our biggest events in the UK are literally in the pocket of GW. So I'm like, can you not scratch a bit of free product from them? And they're like, absolutely not. But one of them might come for free to our event on our free ticket yeah and you're like uh, yeah great relationship you've got with them there so yeah that was that was something that was weird uh food was normal not great as always uh but that's true for when you catering for that many people um uh what else was uh the beer was free
0: yeah it was well that's not true dayton kept saying oh free beer it's like no it's included in the price of your ticket but yeah, the beer was free.
1: The beer was free, uh, which uh, I thought
0: it's, it's not entirely true. There were there were two types of beer that were free. They just had them on tap, and it was it was included in the price. Otherwise, if you want anything else at the bar, you had to pay for it. But yeah, free beer is great. It just saves you a lot of time pulling out your card and calling your bank to let them know no i am in pennsylvania
1: <laughs> i would say i would say one of the things that struck out to me as well this is just a passive observation sure. was that like passive. like is the <laughs> is that like lots of the players were like very fucking supportive of each other like at the top tables like they were just like oh like are you winning how are you doing like it like there was a lot of camaraderie around like the top tables that i was witnessing uh, and also well, the hobby levels
0: I think part of that was just because most of the top tables were wicked dicey or tough crowd or team america people so that we're all friends.
1: It, it, it could well be that, which I think is which I think is it, is really cool. Um it's a little bit more maybe like factionalized here in the UK. Um right. uh, like for whatever reason or another. Um but that that was nice to see. Uh, I thought that was really yeah, nice. because
0: like, like you guys have order and death and Russ Veal. So, like, there's, like, factions,
1: right? (laughs) I like Russ. (laughs) Russ is lovely. Uh, (laughs) He's he's a a big sweetheart. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that that was really cool as well. Um, And also the hobby level was fascinating because the hobby level was, like, outrageous. Display boards everywhere. Cheese scaven. Yeah. To let's start finger painting some models, boys. Like, like...
0: <laughs> that was the best part of that Friday night stream, was Corey not having three color minimum, so he finger painted on his techless coat. <laughs>
1: Uh, that still, to this moment, makes me cry laugh. Um, and if no one knows what I'm talking about, I'll try and include like the link or something. But yeah, Corey finger painting uh, his Texas model was was sensational. So yeah, the difference is the thing is is it's much the same, much the same, but just slightly different, right? And and that's been true of every event I've been to, pretty much.
0: Sure, absolutely. What would you, uh, how would you characterize the difference? Because like you always hear people talk about, um, you know, like the UK meta is like hard, and people take the netlist and they know what they're doing with it and. Uh in like people talk about the US and Australian meta's as like this like weird wild place where people take Sky Wardens or not Skywardens, uh what are what are the bird mailmen called?
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <What are laughs> they Swift called? talk agent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like
0: how would you how would you describe based on the lists you saw this weekend, uh and like where do you think that comes from?
1: I think the problem the problem is um that like the, what the, like so I would say I do the stats every Monday and the problem is context almost always. Like watching those games, like a good example would be like uh, Owen played Jacob in the round before Jacob he went Brand- to play. Uh, yeah, Jacob Brandon. Yeah, who then went on to put so in round four who then went on to play against Anthony Nelly with his um uh, Snash. So it like so Owen walks away from that and being like, Rob, that guy's got mad game, there's some crazy stuff happening there and I was like Amazing I can't wait to see this play and then Jacob I don't think made like exactly the right decisions in his game Or he did make the right decisions he thought and the dice didn't pay out right one of those two things is true And the problem is is that context for me like in order to generate context in in Warhammer Anything more specifically we're talking about any Warhammer it like repeat repeat uh, representation is actually really really hard to achieve So I can only really go off like a single instance or like that was a game I fucked up and I'm like, but all 100 other games I've always nailed it, right? Um, So like you, the, um, and then when obviously England, England, uh, scratch over to England when we have events here and stuff, you still end up with games where I'm like very confused by what's happening or like right. can't see inside of the head of the players. And I think ultimately it's because the game itself is, like you say, it's kind of freeform jazz. Thank you to Insomniac Painting for donating 10 gift subscriptions. Holy so nice. crap, Insomniac Painting,
0: Holy thank shit. you so much. Uh,
1: uh, uh,
0: you deserve me writing your name on my body, but yeah. it's not that kind of stream. I'll do it in pencil. I'll do it in pencil.
1: <laughs> the, uh,. <laughs> um so yeah like warhammer i think is a lot like freeform jazz a lot of the time um and so watching people play it well or watching people play it badly whichever those two are in effect and i rarely like to say that they're playing it badly um but and that's a long way of answering that i haven't got enough context for the u.s meta yet um i obviously streamed lvo final where i don't think uh so like grave lords were played overly well into what was a very difficult matchup for them so like i didn't think that like so you know you've got to ask yourself did, were they just like i'm knackered or like i don't think i can ever win this or a bunch of other stuff so like there's, there's a lot of context needed is why i like doing more tables i think that's really positive as well you really start to learn stuff um i've just asked uh the flg um to uh to let me do no, uh lvo um, yep. So I messaged him yesterday. So hopefully that will give me some more on the American context in, in the future. Cool. But I'd tr- love to see you. Would the, love to see. You. The, yeah, the truth is that just from reading lists, I don't see how some of the lists that do well in the U.S. let's say do well here over in the U.K. Right. And that's. But that's when I'm saying that I'm saying that as a gamer myself. Like I look right. at some of those lists that do well, and I say oh, I wouldn't play that here. But right. That started on Monday. I was doing that Rock Coven Nurgle list, which mm-hmm. did well in the US, went five zero, And I was like, this is fucking crazy, classic US. And then it went 4-1 in Germany, right? And it's not that I think Germany's better than the US in any way, shape, or form. Sure. But I'm like, it's just, okay. It's a
0: little bit more traditional. But now I've, got,
1: but I've now got double confirmation, right, from different places. That's right. really what I'm talking about. Um, and like and that's the that's the thing like sometimes it's just easy to throw the very unnuanced. they're not very good but that's not how i feel
0: yeah well i think i think this goes back to what jp's data has shown time and time again which is like list strength matters player skill matters more and maybe it's it's not a matter of the u.s is like and or like australia are these like weird wild west spaces as much as the people either are more courageous or don't give a fuck, and they're like, "Well, I've got these painted. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna slap chop together this fire slayer army because it's good. I'm gonna like keep playing with corn, and like, lo and behold, it can actually perform because I've played so many games with it."
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I still. So.
0: I wonder. Do you guys. I think. I wonder if part of it is also just like you've got people in our in our meta in the U.S. like Gavin and Anthony and Bill who are like, "I can win with anything. Let me show you," mm. and that promotes more of that kind of play. Mm. Where, like, when I think about in, in your meta, or, like, in the UK meta, like, Darren is, like, a bit of a list madman. But I, I can't, like, think of any specific names off the top of my head of people who are like, you think this is awful. Watch me fucking five o it.
1: Uh, yeah, we don't, that's the thing, we don't generally tend to have a lot of that. That's actually, that's right. a fair, I think that's generally a fair point. I'm trying to think about people who do know. And the thing that I think our biggest takeaway from the past year uh, of doing like a lot of like very intense coverage. You know, that, uh, that's
0: not totally fair, because I just, I just realized we're we're completely ignoring Owen, who would do that with OVR a bunch, and we're ignoring uh, Matt, Mathmallow, who would do that with Sylvaneth, back when those books were widely seen as being largely garbage.
1: Oh, that's true. Also, Mathmallow also then went on to use uh, LRL, but the Mountain Men, he went 4-1 with them once as right. well. And Event as well, yeah. Matt's a bit of a demon on the tabletop. Absolutely, I do
0: like I do like what Rational Nihilist said. He said I feel like it goes back to the American ethos, and then he quotes a Soviet observation. From the cold annuals, nor do they feel any obligation to follow their doctrine. <laughs>
1: yes, that's true. That's true. So, I, I think I discussed this a little bit um, uh, when we watched Joe Cryer play uh, against against again Not against it. Anthony. Um, yeah, is Joe went balls in uh, on uh, one of his plays, and it was it, it looked like a mistake because it didn't pay off. And I think that's one of the things that that happens a lot uh, in the games is that like because there's that's why I love differential. That's why I love differential. I think, I think if you only track differential for players across the course of a season, I think you would be able to f- more accurately recognize players at a higher skill cap. Because like your differential like, would generally always be closer, even though it says an L. Yep. Your differential is closer. Like, if we just did all, that win loss draw all differential. Everything
0: you say is that Rob and Ziggy aren't doing their job, which I take a lot of umbrage with. I, <laughs> no, Tios. I, I don't feel good about you talking about those two friends, those two very close personal friends of mine on my show like this.
1: Yes, I apologize. Cyrus.
0: I accept your apology. That's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe in the future we'll have the technology to, to track those things yeah. via Skycam. You know, if I win Mega Lotto, right, we'll just make it happen.
1: That's it. That's it. You, me, and Joe on the Mega Lotto Syndicate.
0: Yep, uh, and YouTube Syndicate. All right, so um, <laughs> wherever am <up>, That's <laughs> all I heard too. All right, uh, let's get on to actual questions because we've spent so much time on just one question. So sorry. Um, what was the best, the best move or the best play you saw over the course of the weekend?
1: Uh, uh, finger painting tactics. Finger and tactics. Big... Finger paint no, and
0: shut up. That was great. But what was the best? What was the best move you saw someone make on the table?
1: Who did we see play? I saw Noah play. I thought that was good. Pro- uh, the, the Noah charge. That was it. And not just because... What like, did he do? What did Give uh, so, like, me a word picture, Daddy. Okay, so he played against Ridge. Ridge was playing Seraphon, and he was playing... Um, he was playing... Uh, oh, God. Uh, Retreat Skink shoot. Uh, uh, Fangs uh, of Sotek. God. Fangs yeah. of Sotek. So Fangs of Sotek, right? So the Skinks are really, really scary. He had a block of 30, and they're all buffed up. So that's an important thing. And that was in his castle along near his Realm Shaper engine. Uh, so that's Seraphon being played by Ridge from Season of War. What an incredible human being. Uh, and then he's up against yeah, Noah's got Noah's got his iron jaws and uh, he Noah th- sends in three pigs previously to go fight some skinks and they all die to one skink which Noah uh, not Noah sorry Ridge then inspiring presence which is good so you've got this one skink in front of the 30 skinks Noah wins the priority roll and having previously lost um I think it was three pigs to like a standard shoot reaction from two salamanders and then those two salamanders then burning five of six Um, uh, pigs also to death Noah's kind of left Did
0: someone check Ridge's dice for the the symbols on the ones? Uh, Four,
1: four, fives and sixes that's what they they all were He got them from some guy in Canada I don't know who it was Um, uh... I gave
0: it to him on a jet ski in fact
1: Yeah (laughs) So, So Noah makes just the big play he sends his uh is more crush up the left hand flank uh, into a unit of two salamanders ignores the unit of salamanders on the right which i think was really smart because while they were posing a threat it like it, uh, dealing with them wouldn't give him this very nice opportunity that he had to get into the castle for the seraphon right. um, and then he charges into the single skink but the impact hits the impact mm. hits kill it and then he's able to pile in three inches, which means he's able to fight into the thirty skinks. But the thing that he's doing there, if no one's aware, is he's ignoring the stand and shoot reaction because that he never like he never got within range or whatever it was for them to do a stand and shoot. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, he,
0: did the, he did the thing where he gets to move D six inches after the charge if he wipes the unit. Yeah. Or if yeah. there's no bottles three.
1: Yeah. So it was really, really good. And then he was able to just lift those 30 skinks. It was wicked. And at that point, uh, and then he also killed the two salamanders with the the moor crusher. So it was at that point, you're like, okay, he's just got two salamanders on that side. And we kind of closed up the stream. But hilariously, then a purple sun came out, killed a bunch of stuff, and it all swung in a different way, um, uh, which was was great. but that was, that was a big play for me. Some of the other plays were like interesting and weird, uh, but we just didn't, weren't able to cover round two because the internet broke so, so drastically, you know. which is a bit of a shame. Did you guys record it? Uh, we recorded it, yes. Yes, which is fun. because really, I really want to go back and watch Caleb's game versus Anthony. And that's the thing. There are so many games that I wish to watch so many times like because yeah. i think warhammer is 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 proper fascinating especially with the players playing it i think i think necessarily it doesn't translate and people just want to watch a battle report where two people are being nice to each other and i guess that that's cool hey, but if
0: you're looking for that seasons of war go get it but if you want, <laughs> it could cover, be
1: anyone it could be anyone that's true. There's like plenty of them. there's plenty of them i just think that i just i don't think there's anything better than the high stress situation of an actual tournament experience to see what occurs right because you like it's great so yeah that was that was my favorite play
0: absolutely uh that's a great answer uh real quick just backtracking because i realized there was something i wanted to talk about about the difference between our scenes um how much more attractive <laughs> is the american scene so than much the UK more scene? attractive
1: so much more like listen uk uk boys girls mbs everyone like, like i think it's all about the person uh, inside, and that's the, obviously that the, the both scenes are full of beautiful people. Um, but holy shit, when you got Nate Trentelli running the charge, like at and one Anthony point, and he's hot. I'm not saying he's not hot, but at one point, Nate was talking. I was just like, just tell me some more stuff, bro. Just tell <laughs> me anything. Like, <laughs> I've never had a crush on a man, but I just flack, I had a crush. Yeah, it was distracting
0: fucking hot like oh. he's not just good looking he's fucking hot yeah and and then he talks and he's lovely you're like you have no business being nice you've had to go through the world without a care in the world yeah. you could wink at me and i would have given you that sandwich for free <laughs> anyway uh that was lunch um uh. <laughs> okay cool so so we, we're in agreement that there's there's obviously hot people in both scenes but uh it's hard to play with an erection and Nate Trentonelli just makes it makes It difficult.
1: It does, does make it difficult. Uh,
0: okay, great. Um, we actually already covered one of my other questions. What do you think, um, You know, having played in a tournament yourself, having covered a bit, and having gone come to America and seen a little bit differently how, uh, how the new rules are playing out, what are your biggest takeaways on the new season or battle pack now that you've had a little bit of time to sit with it and watch it?
1: I think scoring's incredibly tight. On all the battle plans and with battle tactics so um i think that like even going down like on hold more turn one could be difficult for people to come back on um so i think that's gonna be interesting as well which means in addition uh, i think it promotes more aggro play which i think also plays really well into what some of the battle tactics are specifically desecrate lands and barstreet enemy lines um right. so i think like i think pre-game move slash uh, alpha armies are in a good spot flies pigs Especially because they
0: just said that when you pre-game move you do actually claim objectives.
1: Exactly yeah like so So that is that's pretty huge um, uh, so I think yeah. Thanks
0: Mislav for the, the sub and hi Jared.
1: Yes uh, hello hello so uh, I, I would say that the points are incredibly close so achieving all your battle tactics—that could be the difference. Um, so I think that's really uh, fun. But ultimately, because of that, and because of some of the play on tabletop, that I think that—not um, the YouTube channel—I uh, think that uh, that it's that it's a players pack. More people yeah. who play more and well, or play well, I think are going to do better in this edition. Um, I think you could do like very aggro smash lists um but we saw very recently that i think gargants are back right so they're going to produce another dps check for people out there in the world um not to I still
0: Bones, but it's being super starting to become super prevalent because everyone's had them for ages and they were not great for a while but now that now that it's the body's meta um that's another dps check i think we're going to see a lot
1: okay yeah sure like any dps checks like i think they're right. going to become uh, are going to become very relevant um uh, even for holding objectives and stuff so actually initially i thought unmatched conquerors might go out the window but I think actually we weirdly might actually get enough. We might get enough unmatched conquerors slash bounty hunters in the meta that actually it becomes relevant in some games, which I think is which I think is cool because so, I think it's probably the di- most diverse list building uh, kind of like playmanship meta that we've had to date, in my opinion. Right. I I don't think I've been this excited about uh, games being played on the tabletop. Also means sometimes there's going to be a very one-one solution. Um, mm. And what I mean by that is, is two players of, of equal skill, well, if they're conscious enough, should be able to recognize the game state of who's going to do what, roughly. But inside of that, which is exciting, very much like chess, chess is exactly the same game and is still thrilling and exciting because it means that someone can force the, a mistake on the opponent, which is always the best bit, or do something fun.
0: Right, absolutely. Um, do you think there's there's either lists or units that people are sleeping on right now for, for like, what galician veterans should unlock with them i'm thinking about like bulgores or um oh not rat ogres i mean they're fine uh there was something else i was thinking of that oh i mean like uh Gut and and fellwater trolls i feel like are a prime example for the the value of galician veterans uh both being able to fight in extra ranks and counting as more
1: um I think anything that hasn't necessarily been thought. I mean, like Zangor is still super good. Um, no. Like, like still have super good. Have been always be. Yeah, have been always will be. So I think. <laughs> like
0: Fred in the chat saying flares and horrors. Yeah, they also die in droves because double damage against flares and horrors on their five-up save is silly. Yeah, come on, right? Get your head in the game.
1: Yeah, I, th- I personally think like, um, I think, I think something like Unmatched Conquerors works really, really well on the ten-man unit you don't give a shit about. Like, I think that works really quite nicely. Like, I, I absolutely see putting on a unit of Blight Kings or Plaguebearers as we've seen recently, um, going really well uh, and being very effective, especially when it's very difficult to shift. But I think it's just as useful. Even Five Tree Revenants, like, is obviously a great Unmatched Conqueror's unit for being able to just, like, pop on and now we're 15. So, like, I think that, I think that there's a... Re- like, I think, I think it's a good battalion like i think like i think initially i didn't think it was a good battalion i think now seeing it in play i think it's a better battalion um and and and, but i also then think bounty hunters being that natural predator and or answer um means that i think what's odd is because it's a start of edition no one's just really committed to it but you really can Mm. just commit to just to having bounty hunters that just take everything off the board like And we're not... I think you're seeing
0: that with Iron Jaws lists a lot, where it's just like, I'm not taking any Galician veterans. All my pigs are bounty hunters. How about damage three pigs for a change?
1: Yeah, yeah. And and I know, like, there are Nighthawk players like, no, that doesn't work into us. And I think that's interesting as well. Um... I don't know. Like, um, I think honestly, it's it's too wide open. If there wasn't a new zinch book, I'd say zinch is absolutely the tits at the minute, in my personal opinion. Um, uh, especially inside this matter. Like, and I think there's some armies that aren't doing well. OC aren't doing particularly well at the minute. And I think they're good. Um, I think like damage three ga- Graveguard is pretty exciting if you get to use yeah. those and utilize those right. And same also for blood knights because then they're yep. not like that's also really good as well for sub like grave lords. Um, I think the rise of Ko is something that is going to happen and actually i hate like if i'm honest like i get that people really want their ko to be on the board but i think that they're mm-hmm. such a polarizing uh game mechanic that i actually would hate to uh, i'd hate to them for them to be cool. like they've been assigned to the bin for a long time and that's been great it's just generally right. been great work because wor-
0: they're just they're sucky to cover
1: they're sucky you, to cover, right? they're sucky to talk about. Like, when you read a, a list, you're like, oh, cool, what's going on? Like, the the roster's super small, it's an ironclad, it's some dudes. Like, it's just, you know, like, they do the same thing every... T- like, they never do anything different. They always do the same thing every time.
0: Well, right, because they're... Cause they're um, the recipe for success, their win condition is always the same. And Because I was like, as you were saying that, I was thinking about, like, well, what about Seraphon? What about, uh, like, Iron Jaws? Both of those armies typically will table you on a double, right? Mm. They typically will come in and alpha you and you won't really have recourse. The thing is those armies when, when their alpha doesn't take you off, they still have game and like ways to play outside of just taking everything off. And I think KO largely functions by dropping down, shooting, not getting charged, jumping somewhere else, shooting, not getting charged, right? It's like, it's designed around not interacting. And if you get caught or get doubled, you lose. With KO, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I would say also, uh, obviously also like that incarnate, like I guess the incarnate needs to be discussed. Um, but actually it's given really good life to armies like Zeanch and KO who really actually really need and it. And Slanesh. Yeah. And, and Sanesh. So like you're in this odd spot where actually I'm like, do it do you I like I, my personal opinion is and I've said this all the time, I think generic stuff should go in the bin, so that like you have to improve the book. Like, you don't have an incarnate, so I'm like, okay, well, what's wrong with the fucking book? Like, what do I need to do for book X, book Y, book Z? You know, like, we want some really strong melee options for KO. Okay, good. Like, we know, we recognize that. we like, okay, you've got an incarnate. I'm like, okay, I get it. It's a, it's a catch-all to fix something, um, and it also gives some great opportunities for, for kit bashing that cheese purple sun. I'll never forget. And I'll never forgive.
0: I didn't actually get a chance to see it, oh, uh, but it that sounds pretty ridiculous. It was, it was, a, it was
1: just a ball. It was a ball of cheese. There was more cheese in that army than there was in, uh, the pasta that we had on Saturday night.
0: Well, you didn't have any of the pasta. Well, so yeah, I didn't yeah, know. It, yeah. It goes out saying, <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, last serious question before we get to our rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, How is Matt so bad at keeping secrets?
1: Okay. All right, let's quickly tell everyone about this. So intern Matt is my table boss and normally travels with me to events when he gets opportunity. He has his own job, uh, so he gives up, like, huge portions of his weekends to uh, come to events and and do work with me. So big shout-out to Matt. As does Scrivo. Scrivo's obviously done it lots in the past as well, as have many other people. So shout-out to anyone that's ever done it with me. Mark, a bunch of people, right? Um, So they're all great. But Matt's got this kind of, like, thing. One of the reasons I think he likes doing it is he likes to discover everyone's secrets,
0: hmm
1: Right? Which you were like, okay. He's kind of like you know, he's kind the of a way to a, get
0: secrets is by giving secrets. So he's like a
1: little finger character, right? Where like he like collects them all and you think it's for some large power play in the future where he's just like, Oh, let me let me find out this thing. And like his favourite thing is obviously when he's table bossing, he's like, I Can't believe that's happened. He's like, Yeah, it's like, oh, if only they're getting a new book and then some playtester who's at Worlds let like, say will be like, Well actually, Matt and he's like, Oh nice. But the problem yeah is he doesn't accrue any of this for any actual use. He then just immediately will go and tell someone else that secret that he just learned one minute ago. Um, uh, He's
0: excited. He's excited. (laughs) He's excited. (laughs) He's excited that he found out your social security number. It's just, it's the boyish wonder.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, (laughs) uh, So, yeah, I don't know why he's so bad at keeping secrets. But also, if you see Matt, don't trust him. That's all I can say.
0: Right. Well, it's not like he walked off with models. So, uh, all right, we're going to get to some rapid-fire questions. Uh, yeah. So, Rob, if you could, uh, I would like you to give as short an answer as possible and as quickly as possible. So, I don't know if you played the game Word Association before, for example, uh, but it's it's the same idea. Where I don't focus. want you to think it through. I want you to just yeah zone in and give me the quick answer. If you could fight either spar or to with the intent of doing uh, harm to a political or historical figure, who would it be? Martin Thatcher. Uh, if you could either have sex with or make love or fuck any political or
1: historical figure, who would it be? Only my girlfriend.
0: Uh, that's, she, okay. Uh, (laughs) I love you so much, (laughs) you beautiful beast. Uh, if you could have dinner, uh, or spend an afternoon walking around and and passing time with a political or historical figure, who would it be?
1: Ooh, uh, Abraham Lincoln.
0: Oh, beardy. Uh, if you could fight either spar or with the intent to do harm any, uh, character from Age of Sigmar, who would it be?
1: Ooh, um, seek vowed because I win, I win, I lose, I probably win.
0: Yeah, uh, I win, I lose, I win again. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, the the sex 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 question?
1: Oh, uh, someone from the mortal realms. Yeah. Uh, the Trogoth princess. Not,
0: not the podcast. Yes, not the podcast. What's the, tro- the Trogoth princess. Tro- the Trogoth, Yep. Of, of course. Of course. She'll <laughs> death by snoo snoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, what about have dinner with or spend an afternoon with uh, a character from the Mortal Realms?
1: Ooh, um, uh, Thanquo. Well.
0: Hey, ooh, why?
1: He's machinacious. Imagine imagine him deeply telling you all of his plans to to capture um, yeah. Gotrek. That would be fun.
0: Yeah, and then Matt just live tweets the whole thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, Matt just messaging Gotrek like, as it's happening. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, if you could, if you could strike one uh, one character from from Age of Sigmar uh, just because you don't like them, who would it be?
1: Sigmar. boring, white toast, dry.
0: Yep, totally. Um, what's your favorite existing War Scroll?
1: <gasps> Great question. Uh, existing War Scroll, Kairos. Oh,
0: okay, okay. What's your favorite War Scroll that's no longer with us?
1: Wrathmuggers, R.I.P.
0: I had a feeling you were going to say that, but I also had a slight suspicion you were going to say one of those that had the dumb rule where it's like, if you kneel, you lose the game.
1: I mean, Wrathmongers is great. Also, shout out to the old Skink Star Priest, but FY.
0: Okay. Um, How long did you train in martial arts?
1: Three and a half years.
0: Really? Only three and a half years? Okay. And do you still practice or just sort of play and like intimidate people with your sticks? (laughs)
1: i don't i don't I don't do any of that at all anymore okay. uh but the intent after Canada is to get back into being healthy, so yes
0: very cool, very cool uh but first first Canada
1: <laughs> yeah. first, I have to overcome that heart racing hurdle
0: oh yeah, are you worried that you're gonna you're gonna end up in the hospital again uh
1: I mean always, but um uh yes, I feel like Canada's one I must defeat now, I must go and not be hospitalized right. Right. yeah,
0: I love it. Um what do you wish people knew about you?
1: Oh. I don't know. I'm just generally trying to be a good dude, I guess.
0: I think that's true. Oh nice. I think you are a good dude. Nice. Um Uh You are a good dude, Rob. Oh, thanks, bud. Um no Jacob. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's some other guy.
0: Um, what's something that people don't know about you? That or people don't generally know about you
1: that they generally don't know about me i'm pretty open book, I guess uh I would say
0: you're pretty honest,
1: yeah, i'm pretty upfront with uh, what do they know about me <laughs> I heard of when I was that, this is a long answer, I'm sorry, but like we no, were I'm driving not- up, we were driving up, and Noah was like, So do you own a nightclub? I'm like, no, like oh. like like Chinese whispers." um uh like i don't know i i don't have any uh anything i really don't like i don't i don't know if there's like there's anything that people don't know about me if i'm honest
0: that's fine um what's the best pizza you've ever had
1: i mean when i was a kid it was a it was a deep pan meat feast from pizza hut of course now as a vegetarian but now they've brought back a non-meat deep pan meat pizza at pizza hut and that is why i have to start going to the gym because i discovered it and i don't know if you have this i kind of get in these spirals where i'm like this is now my favorite thing i must have every day
0: absolutely 100 percent.
1: yeah so like that's it yeah
0: very good um what's your favorite prince song
1: prince oh uh color purple
0: okay uh isn't that the movie with Oprah?
1: I think so, but you I mean Purple Rain? Purple Rain, of course.
0: Go. <laughs> God, that was that was harsh. That was difficult. Um <laughs> What movie have you seen more times than any other movie? Uh
1: what movie have I seen more times than any other movie? Wow. Uh <laughs> What movie have I seen more than any other oh, Waterworld. <laughs> that's true. That's super it. that's super I true. It. Yeah. Kevin
0: Cosner plays one character. You can do it in baseball, or you can do it in post-apocalyptic.
1: I mean, Definitely. I think second is also <laughs> the postman. I think like in most watched, it's Waterworld postman, so it's a double. It's a Kevin Costner double. Um, yeah. but Thanks
0: again, Jim Salnack, Painter, for another sub. That's really thoughtful of you. Thanks, QE. Um, very good. Um, slip-on sandals or thong sandals?
1: Uh, Crocs forever.
0: So slip-on, that sure. can then change to uh to four-wheel drive. The four-wheel drive, yeah. yeah. Um, what's your favourite kind of bread? <sighs> uh,
1: one that gets dipped in gravy.
0: Yes, no, that's it. not an answer. Nope, oh, nope.
1: F- fuck. Uh, pff, just bread. I reckon, I grew up pretty poor, so just regular bread. Like, but, is there other types you know of bread? That,
0: you know that saying regular bread... It, there's, there's types of bread. There's pumpernickel, there's sourdough, there's rye, there's... It's just like regular bread, like, man. Rye just bread. Rye
1: bread. It's regular rye bread. bread. Like, yeah, sure. Uh, Any so, bread. Like I had a brioche, brioche bun once, that was fancy. I like that, that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. <laughs> um, uh, what's the weirdest place you've ever had sex? Or craziest uh, place you've ever had sex?
1: With my girlfriend in wherever we are.
0: No no like what's what's this what's the strangest or like most outlandish place you've ever had sex?
1: With my girlfriend, wherever we are, because it's great.
0: Can can't just just one time tell us where?
1: No. <laughs> In uh, okay, her fine. lovely house.
0: Okay, great. Uh, how many times have you had sex at Warhammer World?
1: <laughs> Weirdly, none. But soon to be changed. That's my plan. I you want to show I dominance. You. I mean, obviously... I'm sorry, with another person, none. On my own. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, Rob Sides, party one. Rob Sides, party of one. <laughs> um, that, uh, oh, sorry. Um... I think I think that's we that's did all. It. Oh wait, hold on. I did have one more chat. Maybe I'll get some more good questions from there. Um, do you think the shooting meta is coming back to combat, spellcasting, and and uh, and combat?
1: See, I see. I think that the meta is not dependent on how good armies are, but how popular they are. Mm. Is my idea. So even though Marathi in the Bose Snakes is as good and if not better than it was previously, people won't play it as much just because they've played it already. Right. Like, I think there's a certain amount of time where you're like, God, I'm bored, and then people just switch it up. So uh like Yeah, that's it. Okay. Like, like uh, I I think, I think that I think that I think I think it's not dependent on quality results like because as an example we all knew the dragon war Scrolls was cooked but in order for the dragon matter to happen everyone had to buy it build it paint it on the faith that their book read was good right does that make sense uh like for instance like i doubt we'll see many skaven i think skaven will have like a drastic drop off soon uh, with the book having just been released, because like it's not particularly inspiring, and also there's not particularly any new models. Whereas I think you'll see more and more Sylvaneth armies in the future, because new models, cool new rules, etc., etc. Book got better, yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, do you think the drop meta matters more or less now? More. More. Uh, because it's harder to score at the beginning. Yes. Got it. Um. Um. Do you think the eggplant emoji is the best for dicks in a text or is there another one you prefer?
1: Ooh, in a text? Uh, No, I just like the Danny DeVito bang bang emoji. Bang bang. Bang 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 bang. <laughs> bang, I, bang, just bang, bang <laughs> I just came in shooting. I just came in shooting. Bang 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 bang. Bang 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 <laughs> bang. <laughs>
0: um, all right, fine. Tristan's whining because I didn't ask any of his questions because they were, uh, some of them were silly. Um, what kind of dog are you going to get if next time you get a dog, Rob?
1: I would like a Corgi.
0: So you can be like the Queen?
1: Of, exactly. Or so you
0: could be like Nate Trentinelli.
1: So I can be like Nate Trentinelli. Now you're getting it. Now, I've always wanted a Corgi, um, but if I was to get another dog, um, then uh, my partner uh, like has a family breed uh, of small sausage dogs. Um, and I think that, that we're eyeing up the next litter, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so, yes. Or corgi but she was furious during the mega cast i did mm-hmm. say <laughs> i wanted we to get, I don't know, can't get a corgi and then she watched it and she was like what's this what's this i have heard about we're getting so that was a that was a situation okay yeah. that we need to resolve in. and the answer is let's get a sausage dog yeah because Not,
0: because of your your wonderful partner exactly um <laughs> Okay, I have used up all of my thoughtful questions and all of my rapid-fire questions. We've done Rob, it. this is the point in the show where uh, I would ask you if there's anybody you want to shout out, any, uh, any, anything you want to you wanna plug real quick before we, before we call it a night.
1: Uh, yeah, I just want to, um, obviously this was about some slaughter, so I just want to thank uh, everyone who came up to me and said hello and or hadn't met me before and was super kind, shout out to Bill, the real one, of course. No, um, uh, like, and Will and will yeah uh, will was incredible like but uh, he already knows this um like but yeah shout out to anyone who who came out and said hello and was really kind and and nice and it was super welcoming i didn't feel like people like treated me like oh it's like because you kind of get those two like roads right someone like is like oh you're the guy who like does lots of content like you know and is a big sucker or the other version where just off that and that alone they don't like you but everyone just treated me like a person which was actually really lovely uh to just be treated like a regular dude because i'm just a regular dude so that was really nice um, and so, yeah, thanks to everyone for that. Like, the the people, Sean, Jared, were super, super friendly and really helpful all weekend. Yeah, love, like,
0: that, they, love that they remember to to thank you after the fact. So,
1: <laughs> that was weird. Okay. They did forget to thank us during the speech. And, like, they had a lot going on. They had a lot going on. I didn't think it was... But you know what? Every time anyone's ever thanked me in a speech at the end, I'm like, keep your thanks. Give me 100 pounds. But... Like, <laughs> I thought you were trying to lose weight. <laughs> yeah. But then... But then they didn't. And I think it was only because they were super busy and they had lots going on. I don't think it was on purpose, of course. Right? But I was right, like. Of course not. And they but,
0: sent they sent a text following
1: up. And they did, and they were lovely about that. But then the bit that just made me like, I was like, I didn't actually know how much that meant to me until know what someone didn't do it one time. And I was like, <laughs> 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 like actually that actually means uh that actually means a lot to me. So but like they were doing great. Uh and they also had to give out eight thousand dollars worth of uh, of toys. As prizes, I mentioned so.
0: the raffle, which was uh, uh, which was a huge success, and that was sort of on players to come up and check their their tickets.
1: Oh yes, yes, was that a thing?
0: Yeah, there was a there was a raffle in the front as well, uh, where there were little <laughs> Jared's saying he feels awful now. <laughs> oh, I'm so uh, sorry.
1: I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're, you're fine, it's Jared. honestly you're okay. The That's funniest stupid. part, the funny, I think the funniest part was uh, Matt getting, getting super COVID. triggered oh, at the very end because uh, uh, a friend of the show, Mr. Martin Orlando, came up to me. He was like, "Hey, Rob, lovely to see you. Get home safe," and then just walked straight past Matt. And Matt was like, "Guess I'll die. <laughs> guess, guess I'll yeah, just I'll we'll fucking die." die. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, as did several people thank me and never thank Matt which also made me laugh because uh, every time that happened I told him to fuck off uh, which was the best so loved it
0: okay so I know I said I was done asking you questions but I did get one other good question uh, from a uh, friend of the show enemy of the podcast Austin Fletcher okay um, uh, still undefeated against him by the way for those of you keeping score at home uh, he asked what are some some things you would uh, you think separate an event from from the crowd how does an event um, how does an event make its mark and, and get out there as as being unique? Uh, and what are cool ways to differentiate events for players as as well?
1: Okay, super unpopular opinion, but I'll be really quick about it. And also, I'm very and I'm very biased, so yeah. it's going to like I personally think that the wargaming um, the wargaming tournament and or event. Uh, ecosystem is incredibly underfunded by the player base, a player base that will very comfortably spend double what they spend um, on an event ticket on some miniatures they'll never paint and play. Like right. and so like and so because of that, you end up with a bunch of cheap events that don't do, in my opinion, a particularly stellar job because they're underfunded. Right. Whereas, in my personal opinion, I think that um, I would like to see or like. Like I think boards should be like it's it's a bit of a rough deal, removing someone's models because they're not painting well enough on a board that's just got dry brush terrain. Right? You just kind of like it's a bit fucking rich, uh, to be honest. Uh, but like, yeah. so like I personally think events could should should cost more, especially large events. Someone's like, well, we, we had too many people. This is not talking about Summer slaughter, by the way, which I think the terrain was actually really excellent. I think the boards were great. Um, uh, surprise support was great as well. It was free beer. So like personally, yeah. I, like it was the aircon was free. good. You paid for it. Yeah, yeah. OK, not not free, station,
0: OK, which is great, though. Like it, it was good to have that that feature of like, you're gonna pay five bucks more for your tournament entry, and you're gonna drink seventy-five dollars worth of Yingling on night one, and then almost die in the car. Matt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. So um, my unpopular opinion probably is, and about tournaments generally, is I think that they should charge more, and also the event experience should be better. I think that's one of the things as well. Everyone should be using a tournament app. Um, everyone should be like tracking their data. They should be pr- like like uh, active judging would be something I would really like to see. But of course, you have to pay someone in order to achieve that and the next thing someone will say well Rob it's just a hobby and it's just a hangout and I'm like okay that, that's super fair but then like I don't know I personally think there's some real scope my,
0: my cycling hobby I'm gonna buy a nice bicycle and I'm gonna try to do my best and I want I don't want the roads to be fucked up along the way
1: yeah, like, um, yeah, like, and yes, me ball says we spend a lot more on hotel dinner booze individually, so like, and, and a lot of that comes from like the UK. The UK is all like the UK, like, tournament goers generally cheap, cheap as fucking you can get, like, like oh, an extra five pounds on an event, I won't go. And they will actively, hilariously complain about it on online while at the same time criticizing the venue, the food, the fucking, uh, the scenery and everything else, which I find insane. Right. So Can't I personally. Yeah, so I personally think that you should, because it's like it's a community project, right? Effectively, CanCon's a really good example. I know Clinto next year will be doing CanCon. Like, it's a community project. Yeah, you you just say, we're going to do the biggest event in Australia, maybe in the world. Like, it's going to be $150, $200. And then the Australian's like, fuck, Rob, that's a lot of money. I'm like, yeah, but think what he can do with all that resource. Because he's not walking away with all that spare cash. Now, when it's a for-profit business, but when it's a for-profit business, like something run by FLG or something like uh, the wargaming community here in the UK. Sorry, I'm on a big rant. Apologies. No, My point okay. is, is I think that the ticket price should be high, but also, importantly, because I think the experience should be better. That's what I'm yes. trying to say. Yes.
0: yes. No, I, I think that's great. Um, all right, so uh, I think that's all the time we've got. Thank you for doing your shout-out. Uh, real quick, uh, a quick shout-out to uh, the uh, rant cast, which I think is something Meph is doing, raising money for uh, mental health and charity. Maybe it's happening this weekend. not really sure. It Mef is happening this weekend. That. It is this weekend, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I guess I'll just leave you, and I don't want you to answer this question. I just want you to ponder on it and then end the stream for me. Why is Best Sports the most important award?